Welcome! This is the CGMI Living Springs Gospel Podcast. Stay tuned as you listen to the Word of God. Pastor Fidelis and Pastor Obehi have done a very good job teaching, setting the background for, of the book of Galatians. Hallelujah. How many of us can remember one thing that has been taught? If you remember one thing that has been taught on Thursday or even if it's on, in church on Sunday as regards the book of Galatians, just raise up your hands. One thing, one thing that has been taught. I will start from that side. Clifford, one thing that has been taught. Okay, Clifford says that one thing he has learned is that we are saved by grace, we are not saved by works. That's an easy escape route. Okay, mommy, one thing you've learned. We are justified by faith. Who has learned something? Something else. Somebody must learn something. You know, you know my style now. I'll bring you out. I'll ask you. Joseph, what have you learned? One thing. It's all about faith. <laughs> Which chapter? <laughs> okay, praise God. Joseph says it's all about faith. <laughs> I don't even know what that is, but he said it's praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Okay, I'll go quickly into the world because we don't have so much time. Galatians 5. I know you are going to read it at home because you are very good Christians. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. I know you are going to read it at home because you are very good Christians, you are children of God. In Galatians 5, Paul, Galatians 5 is basically a, a, a compressed version, a compressed chapter of the most important things that Paul was telling the Galatians. The book of Galatians, the, the people in Galatians, in Galatia. Praise God. Praise Jesus. And one interesting thing I, I love when I read this scripture or read the Bible is that remember that Scripture is not written in, Bible is not written in verses and chapters. Do you understand? The Bible was not written originally in verses and chapters. I think it was in the 16th century that the first time that verses and chapters were introduced into the Bible. Number two, the people that wrote this scripture, Paul did not, did, did, did not have the New Testament. I'm setting this background for some things I'm going to explain inside. So, Paul did not have the Bible as we have it now. Paul did not... Paul, if Paul was preaching or teaching in a synagogue, he would not go there and say, open to the book of Galatians. Praise God. He could not say, open to the book of Matthew or Mark. No. What he basically had, what they basically had were the Old Testament, basically... They basically taught from Genesis to Malachi. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. So, number one, the first thing you have to, when you read the, the, the Bible, or especially the New Testament, the Bible generally, is you must understand that there's an idea called um, scriptura continua, a continuous script. Don't read it like verses and chapters. Just read it flowing. Praise God. Let it do what? Flow. So when we are reading from verse four to verse chapter four to chapter five, I would like to start reading chapter five from the last two verses of chapter four. Praise God. So that in the spirit of scriptural continua, so that you can understand what he was saying to 
enter into chapter 5. Praise God. So let's start from chapter 4, verse 30. Okay, verse 28. Chapter 4, verse 28. He was talking about, Pastor Philip dwelt on this thing, talking about how the promise was made to Abraham's seed, and not seeds. And that seed was Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many of us are following the teaching from last, Sunday, from last Thursday now? Pastor Phyllis talked about this, about how the, God's promise to Abraham was to one seed and not seeds. Praise Jesus. And that seed was Christ. So, from verse 28, it says, Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are children of promise. But as he who was born according to the flesh, then persecuted him who was born according to the spirit. So we are born according to the flesh, persecuted Jesus who was born according to the spirit. Even so it is now. Verse 30, nevertheless, what does the scripture say? Cast out the bondwoman and her son. For the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but children, but of the free. 5 verse 1. So he talked about the freedom we've received. And he talked about it from the idea of the covenant of God with Abraham. And he says, verse 5 from verse 1, he says, Stand fast, therefore, in the freedom, in the liberty, by which Christ has made us... By which Christ has made us what? By which Christ has done what? Made us free. And do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. So, he starts from 5 verse 1 with a roaring call to freedom. Talking about the freedom we've received in Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 2, he says, Indeed, I, Paul, say to you, that if you become circumcised, Christ will profit you how many things? How many things say Christ will profit you? How many things? Can, you, can I hear you say nothing? He said Christ will profit you nothing. Again, I, te- I testify again, every man who becomes circumcised, that he is a debtor to keep the whole law. So what Paul was saying, basically, if you, we, we, as, as we've been teaching, was that the freedom of Christ took us away from the law. The law in this context, which we've taught, is this. The laws of Moses. Remember, I said that when Paul was teaching, Paul did not have any New Testament to preach from. Are we together? So he was making reference to the laws of Moses. Ten commandments and 613 laws of Moses and all other rules of living that were taught in the Old Testament. One of which was circumcision, which is one of the most important things that, the, of, or that caused the dispute in the church in Galatia. So he was saying that if you think that you are saved, you are justified by the law, by the issue of circumcision, right? It means that you have to keep the whole law. You, and remember, these people are Gentiles. They do not know all the law. Are we together? So, once you obey that one and say, Oh, my salvation is based on me 
keeping the laws of Moses, it means that you must keep the whole law. For the law says that if you fail one law, you have failed all the law. If you break one law, you've broken all the law. Pastor Fidelis was talking about, the, for instance, the one that says that you cannot sew one garment with, with one, you cannot sew a cloth with two different garments. Or the part that says that um, if a, a, a creeping thing passes through your plate, you must throw it away. Are we together? So someone like me, I've broken the law because Pastor Obey made this cloth. He used one material, I do this, I use another material, I do this, I Praise God. I don't know who sent him. Did it back. Hallelujah. Do you understand the logic? So, let us not think about the law because it's very easy to remember the law. Let us talk about our liberty in Christ. And the reason why a lot of people are afraid to preach and teach the liberty in Christ is because they are afraid that people will will abuse it. Are we together? And that's why I like Galatians 5 a lot. Because everything that Paul wanted to say is in Galatians 5. We'll go to, uh, let us read Galatians 5 verse 4. It says, if, and the idea in Galatians 5 verse 4 is that if you require the law for justification, then Jesus Christ's work is finished. There's no need for you to trust in Jesus Christ. There's no need for grace. That means Christ died for nothing. So Galatians 5 verse 4. It says, you have become estranged from Christ, you who attempt to be justified by the law. Are you saying that if you rely on your works, on the law, for your justification, you cannot marry the justification by the law and justification by grace together? You cannot do the two at the same time. You must choose one. Are we together? You must choose how many? One. Immediately you choose the works of the law, it says you are estranged. That means you are a stranger to Christ. The part that makes me fear most is, is put semicolon. You now went to say, you have done what? Everybody can read it together. You have fallen from grace. Those some people say I have fallen from grace. Some people think their fall from grace is, is something else. Right? Your, the fall from grace, when they say, I say I have fallen from grace. The only way you can fall from grace is when you take your eyes off Christ's finished work and you rely on your observance of law. Are we together? It's not me that said it is written there in scripture. You have fallen from grace. For we, through the Spirit, eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. So in this part, he starts talking about... I love this part so much. In this part, he starts talking about faith. So he makes an introduction to righteousness by faith. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything, but what? But faith walking in love. That the key... Paul was saying the key to understanding the finished work of Christ is faith. Is what? And how does faith work through? What does faith work through? It works through love. Faith that worked by love. The truth is this, and I will explain this quickly. 
A lot of people try to teach the works of the law, right? Because it is easier to observe. Are we together? It's easy. It's easier for me to tell you, do this, don't do this. Are we together? That curriculum is easy. But the truth is that you think it's easy, but it's more difficult. Say, ah, you cannot wear trousers to church. You wear trousers to church, you have sinned. After all, men shall not put on women's clothing, or women put on men's. It's easier. Do you understand? The parameters for keeping, but the, 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 what makes it difficult is that if you fail one, whether you know or you don't know, you have failed all. And there are plenty. It's like me asking you to keep all the laws of Nigeria. Do you know them? You don't know them. Do you know how many laws are in Nigeria? Even us that are lawyers, we don't know all the law. Lawyers, there's a, there's a thing that, there's a, there's a thing, a quote by Lord Denning that lawyers rely on. Say, God forbid that a man should know all the law, but he must know where to find it. So they say, ah, this lawyer is very intelligent. He does not know all the law, I can guarantee you. There's no lawyer that knows all the law. When you bring your problem to him, he will not look for the law that can either help you or the one that you have breached. Are we together? Praise God. Praise Jesus. I'm using a physical example to explain a spiritual thing. You cannot know all the law. But the truth is that what makes it but the truth is that human beings like to give laws because it makes them feel righteous. If I give you the particular set of laws that I'm keeping, it means that I've set up myself as a standard for keeping the law. I obey this once, I obey this once, I obey this once. Right? You are not obeying it, okay, you are a bad person. But truth is that I might not, there are some that I might not be keeping. But Paul was saying that Christ's work is based on faith. A full, 100% trust in what Jesus has done. 100% trust in what Christ has done. Faith walking through love. I'll go to verse 13. Galatians 5, verse 13. And I'm, talk, I'm going to talk about self-indulgence and the reason why people are afraid to teach about the grace of God and justification by grace. For you, brethren, you have been called to what? Liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for what? For the flesh. But true love serve one another. So Paul was saying that we have received this liberty. Right? But the reason for this liberty is service to one another. Love. It should not be an opportunity for self-indulgence. And I like chapter 5 very well because it goes on to talk about how you can not use it for self-indulgence. Are we together? That the fact that you have received this, don't use it as an avenue or a vehicle for self-righteousness, of self-indulgence. No, 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 no. You've received this, this freedom to give you ample room to serve one another. And how do you serve one another? By the Spirit of God. You, the truth is this. I, 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 I said some things at the beginning to say this. Do you know that a lot of the apostles do not have Bible? 
Do you have someone to bring to say? Pastor Fidelis. You know now, yeah, Bible is everywhere, Bible is everywhere, Bible is everywhere. Yes. A lot of the people that wrote the Bible did not have Bible. In fact, the reason why a lot of the, old, the New Testament written by Paul was because he was one of the few people that had access to the laws of Moses and the prophets. And he had studied them. That's why he could say, if you are counting about who has kept the law, I'm a Pharisee of Pharisees. He was a lawyer. So he had access to scripture. A lot of the people that wrote most of the Bible do not have Bible. Do you think Moses had Bible? Um, let me start from the Old Testament. Did Moses have Bible? Okay. Did Samuel have Bible? Did David have Bible? Did Matthew have Bible? So, how did they understand, how did they have this inspiration that flows through, that it seems that all of them sat down to write Bible together? It was by the Spirit of God. It was by the Spirit of God. A lot of us are where we are in life because we don't communicate with the Spirit of God. We neglect the Holy Spirit. So Paul was saying, yes, don't use your liberty for self-indulgence. But how will you not use your liberty for self-indulgence? By walking in the Spirit. So I'm jumping. I'm jumping quickly. Galatians 5 verse 16. I say then, walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lost against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not what? Under the law. I love this part so much. So, how do you break away from the mold of of, of law, of flesh. How do you do the things, how do you stop doing the things that you wish to do? Because in this place, Paul was acknowledging that there are plenty of things you want to do that are anti-God. Are, you want to, like now, I want to make me myself feel as if I'm more righteous than you. It's anti-God. How do... I not be self-righteous. How do I not... How do you break the mold of sin? Of sinning. Sinning. Not the nature of sin because that has been taken away from you. I'm talking about the acts or the bad habits. How do you break away from it? You break away from it by walking in the Spirit. Communication with the Holy Spirit, listening to the Holy Spirit, hearkening to the Holy Spirit. And Paul says, once you listen to the Holy Spirit, you do what the Holy Spirit tells you, automatically you shall not fulfill the loss of the flesh.
The reason why you are doing some of the things you do, the reason why we, are, we do the, a lot of the things that we do, is because we have not trained our minds and our, our minds to listen to the Holy Spirit. We have trained our minds to listen to the desires of our body. Paul says that once you walk in the Spirit, you are no longer under the law. Let me tell you why. Once you walk in the Spirit, you obey obey the law. I'm telling you, once you walk in the Spirit, they say, oh, you will know whether you are supposed to wear trousers or not to wear trousers. The Holy Spirit will tell you the clothes to wear. I'm telling you, you are struggling with lying, the Holy Spirit, you will not know, you will just be telling the truth. You will lose your taste for fleshly things, your desire. Okay. I like this part. Verse 19, it says, Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery. I like this part. It's calling out the sins that were prevalent in the Galatian church. It's not, this is not the whole list. This is some of them. It says, The works of the flesh are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murder, drunkenness. Some people say, eh, some, they say Pastor, should I drink? Is it, uh, is it right to drink? Uh, scriptures say drink but not be drunk. Drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand. So what he was saying is that when you walk in the flesh, eh, one or a couple of these things are going to show in your life. Or some of the ones not written yet will show. Some of us, we have our anger problems because we've not submitted our emotions to the Holy Spirit. You are jealous of that person because you've not submitted your mind to the Holy Spirit. You are envious of that person because you have not submitted your mind towards the Holy Spirit. That's just the truth. Some people don't want to hear it, but it's the truth. In church, it's only in church, even in church, you say, eh, you own too much. What did the person do? In church, oh, say today, show yourself. What did the, I'm writing the person to do. That's fleshly behavior. Here today, show yourself. That's what they do. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, selfish ambitions. And he goes on to say in verse 22, he says, no, let me even finish that part. He says, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice these things will not inherit the kingdom of... Those who practice these things will not inherit the kingdom of... God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. 
Once you exhibit these things, the fruit of the Spirit, my brother, you keep all the law. You are, you are 100%. You are good to go. You are good to go. You will not be angry when you are not supposed to be angry. You will love everybody. You will be happy. Some of you, the reason why you are angry with that person is that the, the, you heard the, about the person's matter when you were in a bad mood. It's not because the person really did anything to you. You say, you don't just, I don't just like that person. Why? Even you don't know. My sister, that's flesh. What did you do? Against such there is no law, and those who are Christ have done what? Have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, if we say we are justified by grace, let us walk by the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, be annoying each other, or envying one another. Remember what I told you about reading scripture? Scriptura continua. Some people don't, some people will end that verse in their mind and continue reading, but we are not going to end it and continue reading. Verse 6, chapter 6. So read chapter chapter, the beginning of chapter 6, based on the last thing that was said in chapter 5. So he was talking about, remember, six, 5 verse 26, he said, let us not be considered, provoking one another, envying one another. Then he continues, he said, brethren, if any man, a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, because he knew from verse chapter 5 that once you are provoking one another, angry with one another, there's going to be offense. So he starts talking, start talking about dealing with offense and the works. And I, I call that part, and we call that part theology of work. If any man is overtaking a trespass, you are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you be also what? Tempted. So, some people amongst us, some of us, are going to walk in the flesh. Sometimes. And there will be offense amongst us. How many of you have been offended by church before? How many of you have been offended in church? Some people that I know that have come to report to me before now, they are for me holy. If you know that you have been offended in church before, raise up your hand. You, you have not offended somebody. Uh, you have offended somebody. Okay, if you know either you have offended, you offended or you've been offended. Either way, raise up your hand. Either you are the offender or the offendee. Right? Raise up your hand. I have been offended. Some people say, I'm not even going to church again. That church offended me. Praise Jesus. Say, ah, something happened. They don't visit me. I'm offended. So, Paul said, we are with some, some people amongst us, some of us, some people that walk in the spirit, sometimes they will lose God and walk in the flesh. So, there's room for offense in church. But how you who walk in the spirit, how should you treat an offense? And Paul says that you who are spiritual, spiritual here does not mean that you have to show the part of pride. You who walk in the spirit, you who listen to the spirit, when you are offended, do you go around saying, hey, ah, I will show my anger in this church. 
I will show this person my red eye. Or do you ask the Holy Spirit? Say, ah, Holy Spirit, I'm really angry. What do I do now? So it says, you who are spiritual, restore such one in a spirit of what? Gentleness. You are angry, yes. But the Holy Spirit will help you calm yourself. Remember, they said the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, self-control. Self-control is there. Self, if there was no, there was no, there was no um, avenue or no instance where you would want to lose control, self-control would have not been the fruit of the Spirit. So it means that when you are losing control, you use the Holy Spirit, you, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you bring yourself under subjection. It says, in the spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you be what? Tempted. Number two, he now adds another layer on top of it. He says, bear one another's burden. A modern way of putting that one is that carry that person's wahala as your own. Put yourself in the person's shoes. Praise God. Put yourself in the person's shoes. If each and every one of us put each other in each other's shoes, there are a lot of things we will not be angry about. If I, you put yourself in my shoe and I put yourself, myself in your shoe, we will not be angry about plenty of things. If you are reasoning about me, say, ah, pastor, how is does pastor even do these things? Pastor, they tire. Oh, pastor, you understand? There, there are some ways I will speak to you that when you reason, you say, ah, pastor, you will give me excuse. Yeah, pastor must have been tired. Or pastor is frustrated. Or, do you understand? Or, or maybe pastor is really angry. Maybe somebody else annoyed him. You are putting yourself in my shoe. If me, I put yourself in, myself in your shoes and you do something, I'll say, ah, maybe he doesn't know. He doesn't, he, he did not mean it. Right? He doesn't have, he does not have the requisite information to take the right decisions. I will not be as angry. Do, are, we understand, are we understanding what Paul is saying here? Bear one another's burdens. And he said, and so you do what? Fulfill the law. Of, what is the law of Christ? How many of us know what the law of Christ is? Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. The law of Christ is what? Love. So when you bear one another's burdens, you will fulfill the law of Christ, which is love. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Which, when they ask Jesus, what is the greatest commandment in the, in, in the Pharisees, in the scriptures? He said, love the Lord with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Cross. Vertical, horizontal. One connects you. The first thing is loving the Lord, and from the love of God, your relationship with others flow easily. Hallelujah. I like this part. It says, For if anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. I like three and four very well. But let each one, remember what he said in three, if you think you are something, when you are nothing, you deceive yourself. He now said, what is the parameter for judging whether you are something or anything in, in the Christian faith? It's not by your title. It's not by the amount of money you give to church. It's not by your sitting space in church. In verse 4 he says, but let each one examine his own work 
And then he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. So if you read the original text, he was saying that you benchmark your work. When you are examining your work, you benchmark your work against the finished work of Christ. You benchmark your work against the work on the cross. And let me tell you, there's no man who benchmarks his life, his work, his love for God against the work on the cross and you don't find yourself deficient. I'm telling you, no matter how much you think you've done for God, no matter how much you think you've given to God or you given to church, when you, bench, you do a self-examination and examine yourself against the work on the cross, you will discover that you are nothing. Don't benchmark yourself against another. Don't say, eh, I'm in choir, I'm benchmarking my service to God against MD. After I always come early, MD know they come quick. In fact, I'm always in church early. Pastor won't come late. Don't benchmark. Don't be, that, what, what, what happens when we do that is self-righteousness. You now start to see yourself as the Alpha and Omega. But immediately you benchmark yourself against the finished work of Christ, against the work on the cross, you discover that you are nothing. Are we together? For each one, I like this part, he said, for each one shall bear his own load. It means that each one shall give account for himself. And the Verse 7 and 8. Do not be deceived. I like this part. Verse 6. It says, Let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. Praise Jesus. It means take care of your teachers. Share the good things with those who teach. And verse 7. It says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, he will also reap. You know, we use this scripture to teach that if you sow good thing, you receive good thing. If you sow bad thing, you receive bad thing. But don't read it like that. Go see what he says next. And this is the key to walking in the spirit. He says, for he who sows to his flesh, right? What do you say shall happen to him? Will of the flesh reap what? Corruption. But he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. The reason why a lot of us struggle with fleshly things, we all struggle, we say, oh, I'm, I'm trying to break this habit, is that we are consistently sowing to the flesh. There are some things I want to say here that some people will be angry with me, but I will say it. Time is almost up. I have three minutes left. You cannot consistently sow to your flesh and think that you will reap spiritual things. You are fooling yourself. The whole of today, you have been listening to radio, listening to music that does not edify your spirit. When you come back from this thing, on Instagram, all the people you are following, they are either half naked or dancing, pakuruma. Then when you get home, you top it up with some Brick Brother Ninja. Then on the weekend, you top it up with some football. You don't pray in the spirit. You don't, let us say, I don't want to talk about studying your Bible because I've said that old people do not have Bible. You don't even pray in the Spirit. You don't set out time to talk to God. 
24 hours of the day, you use 20 or, or 16 to sow to your flesh. You now come here on Sunday, or when there's problem, my brother, my sister, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. That's how Paul started it. You are from that flesh. The, the, your wager, your salary, your profit from that thing you are doing is corruption. Are we together? Are we together? Your whole conversation, you are just arguing. What? <laughs> Praise God. Some of us, you, you think you are intellectual. The only thing you talk is politics. Football, politics. Do not be deceived. What you sow, my brother, my sister, you will do what? Reap. You are watching music, music videos where the girls are half naked. Right? On Instagram, you are doing like this and showing bomb bomb. You are saying you are not going to, you are not seeing better man. How will better man come near you? You are sowing to the flesh, my, bro- my brother and my sister. Are we together? All the content you consume is sexual. My brothers, after a while, you will not know. You will start to just, you just fornicate. Easy. It will just be a normal stuff. In your, it will not even be anything in your mind again. Like, in fact, your, your spirit will be normal. When the Holy Spirit is talking, you are not going to hear. All you want to do is to be canceling babes. Right, do you still love me? Do you love me? Tell the church is quiet. Like Holy Spirit. <laughs> Holy Spirit is here. Like when we are small, the angel pass. Do you love me? You love me. You are always thinking of money, 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 selfish ambition. Before you know, you start to do unethical things. You'll be cheating people in your business. Because any way is a way. All means to an end is a means to an end. Are we together? Are you with me? He says, do not, let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Let us do good to all, especially those who are the, of the household of faith. Hallelujah. He, and so you should remember those who suffer persecution for the works of Christ. Some people are seeing what's happening in Afghanistan. They say, everything consigned them. And we know they should go there yet. Say, we say, just remember them. You can pray for them. Pray for Christians that are going through persecution. Praise God. Remember them in your prayer. Intercede for them. We have not even said you should go there. Yet. So if they say you won't pray for them, some people cannot open their mouth to pray. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. I love the last thing I'll talk about. 6 verse 14. It says, God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Our boast as Christians cannot be in any other thing apart from the cross of Christ. What did I say? 
our boast as Christians cannot be in any other thing apart from what? The cross of Christ. Our boast cannot be. If you walk in the Spirit, your boast, your confidence cannot be in any other thing apart. It should not be your degrees. It should not be the amount of money you have. It should not be in your, your place in the world. When you come to when you come, when you come before God, when you come to church, be be a be a human being. Are we together? And that's one of the reasons why I said nobody should carry my Bible in church. Don't carry my, my hand is not paining me. Praise God. In my office, I carry my don't I carry my bag by myself? So when I come to church, you now be running around me like an idol. Let me carry my Bible myself. That's my stance. And the reason why I, why I do some of these things is that I want to remind myself that I'm a Christian first. My, my swagger or my confidence is not in the fact that I'm a pastor. If I boast about anything, I must boast about the cross of Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Some of you, some of us, I'm trying not to preach at you. I'm trying to be as real as possible. The reason why you're not going far in life is because your boast is in yourself. And like one of my, my mama used to say, God knows they give wicked than in my horn. Praise God. God knows they give wicked than in my horn. You never be anything. You already have, do you know who I am tendencies? Give God not give you one, what will you do? Praise God. If God give you home, what will you do? Small money, you have local of us up. Praise Jesus. How will you stand up and pray? Thank you for listening to the CGMI Living Springs Gospel Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at CGMI underscore L Springs.